Hey there, Kelly here. Guests on the show share so many great ideas, but how do you start putting them into practice? Well, that's exactly what you'll explore when you sign up for the podcast weekly newsletter. Each week, you'll get three ideas from past guests sent straight to your inbox. You'll explore materials, techniques, tools, concepts, and mindsets in bite-sized pieces so that you can think about them and fold them into your own practice. It's completely free and you get it by signing up at learntopaintpodcast.com slash newsletter. Hello and welcome to the Learn to Paint Podcast, the show where we work to answer the question, how do you get better at painting? I'm your host, Kelly Ann Powers, and in today's mini episode, we're going to talk about the benefits of working in a series. I just finished a series and I was blown away at how useful it was for my art practice. So today you're going to learn why a series may help you get some structure around your current painting goals. Head to learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 33 for show notes. While you're there, add your name to the newsletter list to get more ideas on how to get better at painting. Here we go. There are many ways to practice getting better at painting. And all the guests agree that whatever makes you excited to paint more, do that. So if that's walking in the studio each day and seeing what strikes you, that's great. Do that. But learning to paint takes a lot of energy. So if you find yourself getting exhausted or overwhelmed, all this means is that it might be time to bring some structure into your practice. Structure helps you make some decisions about how you work or what you paint so that you have energy left over to problem solve and to learn. There are many great ways to create structure. You can do that through knowing what steps you take to work through a painting. August guest Laura Horn just talked a ton about that, and it's so worth listening to. Another way guests on the show have created structure is to commit to daily painting. They don't have to decide if they will paint today. They have already decided. So today, let's talk about another great option, one I just tried myself. You can also create structure by painting in a series. So first off, let's talk about learning for a moment. Learning has two directions, horizontal and vertical. Horizontal learning is wide. You learn how this material works, and then that material, and then this other material, etc. How to paint birds and faces and landscapes, or red, green, blue, orange. Going wide is great. It's how most of us begin. You're figuring out what you like in terms of medium and subject and materials. A series helps you go vertical. It gives you a structure so that you can dive deeper into a specific idea or ideas. So what does it mean to paint in a series? Painting in a series is different than a medium or a subject. If I only paint pets, I'm a pet painter. But if I'm a pet painter who decides to spend three months exploring birds, that might be a series. It's just a bit more focus. But focus can be anything. Episode 16 guest Carol Carter works this way professionally, and... I'll link to that episode in the show notes. Generally, she's working towards a show, but she'll choose an idea or a theme for the show. For Carter, a series permits her to fully immerse in a subject. It allows her to follow different ideas and see where they go. And then after the show, she moves to the next series. A series allows her to be intensely curious in a specific area. And then when she's done, pivot and be intensely curious in a different area. But a series can work for you even if you don't have a show. Maybe you love to paint faces and landscapes and flowers, and you're feeling like you're not really making any progress on any of them. 
A series could be an opportunity to, for a set amount of time or paintings, to focus in on one of those and explore deeply. Or maybe you want to get better at painting portraits and you're still unsure if watercolor is right for you. Great! Give yourself the goal of doing a series of portraits all using watercolor to see if you like that medium after all. By choosing some specific parameters for the series, you're allowing yourself freedom to explore within it. You're giving yourself permission to bump into frustration and then push through. Or maybe you do a series because you need some help with discipline. You're avoiding those new colors on your palette because they are confusing. Or you want to add thumbnails to your process but keep avoiding them. So you design a series with the explicit goal to fold in those new colors and to do thumbnails. And in fact, those last two, those were two of my goals exactly. So why do I keep talking about specific goals? It's useful to go into a series with specific goals. The whole point is to dive deeper, and without specific goals, it can be easy to slide sideways. Oh look, I'm having trouble with this new Quinn Red. Maybe I'll just add some paint pen instead. You never learn how to use the Quinn Red because every time you bump into the challenge, you solve it by avoiding it. We all do it. So specific goals can help there. As an intermediate painter, I wanted to fold in my new split complementary colors I'd been avoiding and strengthen my design through thumbnails. I planned to paint florals, which is what I paint, and I chose a number of paintings I wanted to complete before I called it. The last choice proved very important. I decided 7 to 15 paintings would make up the series. The reason you set a number goal here is because it can be easy to quit too soon, and it can be easy to never end. You want to make sure you work through your frustration, but also eventually do the hard work of finishing. Almost every artist on the show talks about the power of parameters. Some of you have even emailed me and said that you've limited your palette after so many guests have suggested it. And aren't you just amazed at how freeing it is? Parameters are, after you get past the fear of committing to them, really liberating. Surprisingly so. For me, they weren't the only surprising lessons from doing the series. I learned a ton about how I work. First, I actually learned the steps I walk through to create a painting. I thought I knew them, but apparently I didn't. Second, I used to really dislike thumbnails. I knew they were good for me, but so is flossing. But now, I love them. And forcing myself to do them helped me learn when I should do them. Okay, let me explain. Before the series, I would do thumbnails before I got to the painting. Like, let's say I had two hours to paint, I would do the thumbnail, and then I'd jump immediately into the painting. But they were the step I had to get through before I could get to the painting. Luckily, though, during the series, I just didn't have enough time to do both the thumbnail and the painting in one setting. But because the thumbnail was the goal of the series, I was forced to find a time for them. That ended up being in the morning in a small pocket of time before my workday started. And that was the solution. I now love them. Creating a safe space away from the gravity of painting helped me realize this may be my favorite part of the process. Not every thumbnail became a painting, but doing them daily was a joy and worked really well for me and my schedule. The third thing that surprised me in the series was how important doing that finishing work is. I almost gave up the last two months. I wanted to be finished in spring, and yet here was summer, and I was nowhere close. My day job had gotten busier, and I just didn't have the energy to paint. 
but I was so close. So I looked at all my paintings and figured out which were finished, which needed some work, and I gave myself permission to take the time to do the thinking work around those that needed more work. And I'm so glad I did. I learned more in that final month than I could have imagined, including some big things like, I realize now I have a middle stage of painting, and I didn't realize that before. Also, what I liked about her series is that it gives you a level of time flexibility. I love daily painting, but for me, it creates a momentum that's all about moving forward. Same with a 30-day or 100-day project. It's about finishing this one so you can move to the next. And those can be incredibly powerful in their own ways. I have tried both and I have improved a ton. The series allows you to slow down. Because the goal is to work through a certain number of paintings, there is no calendar deadline. You finish when you finish, and that allows you to slow down and maybe notice some of those pieces that you hadn't noticed when you were trying to move through a daily painting or a 30-day challenge. If you're looking for some structure in your practice, or if you're looking to strengthen one specific area, a series might be really good for you. And the great thing about a series is that you're not committing to forever. You're committing to 7 or 10 or 20 paintings, some set amount. And then when you're finished, you can completely change directions if you want to. It takes away some of that fear you may have around choosing a direction, because it's not forever. If you'd like to see what my Spring Forward series ended up looking like, you can find a link to the series in the show notes. And I'd love to hear what series you've worked through and how they've helped you grow as an artist. Leave a comment in the show notes or email me at kellyannepowers at learntopaintpodcast.com. Thanks for joining me this week for the mini episode of the podcast. Head to learntopaintpodcast.com slash podcast slash episode 33 for show notes. While you're there, add your name to the newsletter list to get more ideas on how to get better at painting. And if you like the show and find yourself pulling out a notebook and taking notes, consider supporting it by becoming a Patreon patron. Learn more at learntopaintpodcast.com slash support. Happy painting!